It's bad ink jam, but not as we know it. This is bad. Welcome to the Boogie Bashing Weekly Bashcast, brought to you by BoogieBashing.net. This is Big, looking at next week's opportunities and last week's profits. This is Bashcast episode number 119. Man's got coupons. It's Friday the 26th of October 2018, 10 to 8 p.m. in the evening. Coming up tonight on the Bashcast, we look at over gold's value bets at William Hill, specifically in shops. A review of the week's flash odds also at William Hill. Big William Hill week this week. Catch up on um, the NFL and the basketball. A little discussion about accumulators on the exchange after the break. We have a discussion about some exciting site developments that have been rolled out in the last week. Tony from Five Dimes has got himself into a bit of a kerfuffle over in Costa Rica. And we build a platform to allow us to voice feedback as advantage players to those sneaky bootmakers who think they've got it all their own way. All that and more coming up tonight on the Bashcast. Bashcast tonight is brought to you by 12-year-old single malt Pulteney Whiskey. Cheers. Pulteney Whiskey. For every parent out there who has tried to work from home, record a podcast, or function like a normal human being in the presence of a two-month-old baby and a three-year-old girl with the demands of a medium-sized overseas military camp. That is why... It is 8 o'clock at night on Friday evening. I have started and failed to finish recording this podcast three times now. But that is the joys of um, having small children. I wouldn't have it any other day. I am on Hemed, the QPR striker. And here we go. So we're turning the sound up now because it's QPR Villa on Sky Sports 1. And here he goes. Get that ball in the box. Oh, Hemed both for any time goal scorer, three to one. Had Fred, uh, daily special, and also DDHH. It was one of the, I got on the special before I knew he was value for DDHH, so I am over subscribed on him. But after the week that we've had value mugs, and I've had on casinos, I mean, at least we don't share casinos, but trust me when I just say all casinos are bust, right? So all casinos have bust. All the uh, value betting I subscribe to has pretty much lost, like Betting Emporium, both NFL and um, football. Um, I know it's a long-term game, but I'm just talking about last week. So um, normally, like, something comes in. Between value mugging, between shop coupons and following smart money, between following respected people who can price up games like Betting Emporium, and... Casinos, whichever one I didn't say, there's four there, right? Value mugs, smart money, coupons, um, betting emporium, and casinos. 
it's no, it's very usual that if one of them doesn't come in, another one does. It's a great week if all four come in. If um, you know, I'm making a lot of money then. If just three three do well, then I'm still doing well. Listen, this was this last week, none of them came in, and it's like I think it's the second week in a row, or possibly the third week in a row. I really need to record the graph of how the value mugs have been doing. But listen, it's really, 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 really easy to win um, when placing value mugs, and we have been running hotter than EV throughout the beginning of this season. Um, if I mean, like the sky bet trebles should only be coming in once every six weeks, and I think they came in three times out of the first four weeks. It's really, really easy to win. Anyone can win. Anyone can win. What separates people who make money from this in the long run from those who give up at the slightest whiff of variance is losing runs because they're tough. There is. You start getting little niggling voices. Everyone does. I do. Everyone does. Get these, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to end up broke if I follow this strategy? Whereas the fact of the matter is, if if we can't lose, we can't win. Because you can't just win all the time. There has to be losing runs. And sometimes losing runs have to be pretty severe. This is quite severe. I think this. what is crazy about recently, though, has been the swings. It's like we ran so hot and now we're re, uh, running so cold. At least we've got the buffer of the profits from the last couple of months to offset this. But again, I said this before, if you, had, if you didn't hear this analogy, this is definitely the way I see it when I'm getting a little bit down. It's like the very end of my bankroll, if I consider my bankroll to be a long, thin tube, like the tube of a bar chart, the very end of my bankroll is not real. At least it's, I, don't, I, I can't attach any emotional attachment or physical attachment to it so let's say my bank is ten thousand pounds the last two and a half thousand pounds doesn't exist i don't have any plans for the money it, it, it might as well just not exist right so my bankroll if it's 10 grand is actually five thousand pounds which is the foundation which is a sturdy concrete base foundation that's the bottom then the next quarter is liquid um and that's okay that's pretty safe there is a danger that something might happen to it in the future if i really go on a bad run and then the top is gas. The top is gas because that's the money that I'm using to make more money. And it has to be gas because it just evaporates every now and again when you hit a losing run. That's what's happened recently. It's been rubbish. It'll turn around. It always does. It's never not turn around. So this one will. So we'll get over it. Maybe it'll be this weekend. Maybe Hemed will be the first goal scorer for QPR against Aston Villa. And it will turn around right now so yeah it's, it was a decent week i was up in scotland uh i came back down on tuesday so i've very much been on my travels and betting uh remotely and uh but every day whether i am in deepest darkest rural scotland or the motorway or the doctor's surgery with the kids or wherever my alarm goes off at 11.55, which I've recently heard actually is a bit too late, but I'll tell you why in a minute. It goes off at 11.58 for the William Hill flash odds, which I've been getting into doing every day. So a review of that over the week. Sunday was the biggest disaster of any of them so far. I mean, they're not all going to go right, um, but with any trading, as long as the majority of them go right, then that's okay. But this one you could have seen going wrong, I think. So it was the 205 at NAS 
on uh, Sunday afternoon. So immediately, a six furlong flat race in Ireland at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, you should be like, don't go crazy on this, right? The, um, William Hill boosted the horse Shamroos, okay? And he was boosted to nine to two. And for the majority of the morning, he'd been hovering around four, 4.5. So my alarm goes off at, what time? 11.55. Now, Duncan's recently told me you can actually log on at 11.30 and then go to specials at William Hill and it will give you a heads up. You don't have to wait for the banner to come, which I didn't know. And that's useful information. Because if you look at the graph, every time it's published at 12 o'clock, there's a lot of money that's already come in for the William Hill flash odds. Even when it goes on in the special part of the site early, a lot of money, the horse has always drifted first. So what's happened is William Hill's traders have got involved and they've told their pals and they've got involved and they're all laying because they they every single time, 100%, the price just drifts because the match betters are arbing it. And there is some, there's definite some leakage of information on these flash horses where people are getting in early because they know that William Hill are boosting it and they're laying early and getting some guaranteed returns. Now, me, myself, and Normos, we saw it at about 4.5. So I'm still laying there. And then it gets to about 5.3, 5.4. Now, if no one's backing at 5.5 and laying at 5.5. You know, at, at worst, they're backing at 5.5 and laying at 5.4. So I don't expect it to go hugely higher than 5.4, so I uh, back out a load there, both to equalize my lay and also to get ready for the next trade, which is going to be back in at 5.4. And I'm talking about, you know, between 1,000 and 2,000 pounds at that price and letting the price collapse. And I'll lay later on in the afternoon, usually in the 10 minutes leading up to the race. That's when the price really collapses because sometimes when these markets are empty, the um, the layers just hold it up right up until they're off. Well, this time, this horse, this Shamroos, just kept on drifting and drifting and drifting past 5.5, past 5.8, into the sixes, past 6.5. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble now. As I buy 2.03 p.m., I had effectively 1,200 quid backed at 5.4 and he was up at 6 point something today and I was just waiting for him to crash and he never did and so I had to bail. Um, Duncan went in play and I he's done this a couple of times, you need to be brave but he's um, he's consistently making a couple of hundred pounds a day out of these flash horses. So I think he doesn't mind going and play because, like, what's the, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to lose a thousand pounds. It'll be like five days profit. So it went in play. Um, I matched it in the stalls. I really could do with a TV stream, but I was in Scotland at my in-laws' house. Where am I going to get a TV stream? I don't have a bet fair, so, so and even if you did, you can't rely on the internet streams to reliably tell you when they're off. So yeah, I just traded out for like a, I read it up for three hundred pounds loss, no matter what happened in that race, which is about the best I could do. I think Duncan was about a hundred, given that we were back in similar stakes. He's not done too badly there, so it was an absolute disaster. But then every race since then has been fine. Um, Monday was the 350 at Plumpton, which was only a three-horse race, and that was a dream. Um, Knock-a-nous? Knock-a-nous? How do you pronounce that? Knock-a-nous. 
Uh, again, the gra- the graph's very clear here. He was boosted up to five to two, started drifting from three up to three point two five early doors, um, but then it was beautiful. He just came right down to like two point six, two point seven. It was, I mean, and and you, either green up there or if you degen's got a degen and just leave it full underlay. You know, no risk if it loses and full pay if it wins. Um, and of course, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it didn't win. Of course, it didn't. Three uh, o'clock on Yarmouth was Tuesday. Nashira, again, exactly the same. Now, it seems to me like you have to leave it later and later and later. If you look at these graphs, it's, it's honestly, it's the minute or two before the off. It's kind of nerves or steel. But every single time, the minute or two before the off, price is just collapsing. It happened on, it didn't happen on Sunday, it happened on Monday, it happened on Tuesday, it happened on Wednesday, it happened on Thursday, it happened on Friday, but you had to go and play. That's like mega risk because of the whole, if the horse just stays in the stalls, um, then you're in big, big trouble. Uh, Wednesday, uh, this was when I was traveling. I was traveling through Hoik in Scotland, just like outside of Hoik. And so I was trying to trade money, money wing, money wing, whatever it's called. Exactly the same graph. Graph drifted because people got involved. Tried to trade them on GPRS, which is just like the dumbest thing you'll ever do in your entire life. And it's added stress. You don't need to do that. That's stress you don't need in your life. No one needs to be trading thousands of pounds on GPRS. Why is GPRS a thing, by the way, in 2018? It should either be 4G or nothing. Like, don't, like, Edge and GPRS, I think, need to be put to bed because they just... It's unnecessary stress. 4.35, Fontwell. Wednesday, exactly the same graph. Horse drifted, and then just before the off, got smashed in. Thursday, 2.10 at Ludlow. Exactly the same. I mean, we'll just repeat ourselves now. It was Gortro Joe. Drifted at 12 o'clock. Stayed up high right until a few minutes before the off at like seven minutes past two and the off is 10 minutes past two and then his price just collapses so you wait for that collapse it's like who's got the nerve to hold on and today this afternoon uh was diakali at the 235 in cheltenham again this was this was looking this was the second one of the week that was looking like a disaster it was boosted both at Betfred two to one and William Hill up to five to two. So I was like backing quite a lot of money at three point three point two two. I was I I, I averaged for fifteen hundred quid. Uh, but then all the way up to the off, he was being held up. He was being held up as well. It was artificial, but the price collapse didn't happen. I think it was because there was too many people holding him up, for whatever reason. Um, now the minute he went in play. He collapsed. He didn't get off badly either, or well. He just got off average, from what I heard. And so, and so he, but he collapsed from like three point seven to three in like the seconds after he went. And that's not because he got off to a spectacular start. That's because layers were artificially holding him up. So if you had held your nerve in play, as I know Duncan did today, but that's like, do you want to risk a grand? I didn't. So I kind of. I was in an awful position. I mostly traded out at like 3.9 laying when I backed to 3.2. But I did manage, um, I left a little bit for in play. Um, 
And he went odds on. And I ended up, I was risking 450 quid to win 100 pounds. So I was getting like 1.3 on a horse that went off at 5 to 2. I'm not going to tell you that is a positive expectation long-term strategy. Because it isn't. But I made 117 quid. So let's be results orientated. <laughs> this pen. I never knew that this pen made such an insane noise when it clinks on this uh, crystal glass. But cheers. Thank you very much. Over goals at William Hill. Like, so it's difficult to talk about value mugs because everything lost. Like, everything lost. Um, but but there was loads of value. If you heard a voice in the background, that was Sarah. That was Alexa thinking that she was talking to me. I'm not talking to you, Alexa. But there was value, and that's all we want to see. Shut up. Um, there was... I mean, I would much rather see there be plenty of value around and we don't make money, then there'd be no value around or negative EV value only, and we do make money because all the latter means is that we got lucky and that's not going to be sustainable in the long term. Sustainable in the long term is seeing plenty of green, lovely, lovely green EV, and not making money is fine. That's the way round, the way round we want it. So, But still, I'm not going to go through the games and moan about what we lost. What I want to focus on this week is the bets. In the Champions League, the Premiership, and the Europa, it's the same bet at William Hill. They don't do it online, I don't know why, but they do do it in shop. It's one of their daily offers. If you go in, for starters, it's really badly programmed, this process that they have. You go in, there's like 25 daily offers, but they don't list them anywhere, do they? So you've got to literally stand there and watch for the screen to flick through offer after offer after offer. And they've got a little sort of pre-filled out template thing where you sort of like it's so it's like it doesn't tell you what the offer three is it just tells you you're betting on offer three so like they just keep them day for day so you go in you wait for your bet you select the value and um and you, you can usually place quite decent limits so what they've got is they've got over bloody bar goals in a set of games being boosted to whatever price Always very hard to work out the value. They never... So the only benchmark that would be easy to use is Betfair have a total daily goals market for the Premiership and for the Champions League. And because they've got that, that will be like the whole total number of goals for every game in a specific day. So what William Hill do, and I'm pretty sure they do it on purpose is that they boost just the 3pm games. Or if it's the Europa League, it's just the 855 games. Or if it's the Champions League, it's just the 745 games. You know what I mean? So they don't... they don't Because then you can't easily deduce if it's value or not. It's actually a faff deducing if it's value. So having a look at all the total goals for each game and then working out all all possible permutations of all total goals and sort of adding up all probabilities. And it's a little bit tricky. Um, yes, it would it would be possible to create an automated model to do this. And actually, this is um, something I've requested in the pipeline that we do focus on in the future. However, it is just in the pipeline just now. So um, for now, it's kind of, it's, I'm not, it's not hand calculation, but certainly it's a bit of a laborious task. So anyway, over 21 goals, was six to one to back on the three PMs on Saturday afternoon, um, and was a, a fair market price would have been five point five, so seven five point five crazy value. 
even crazier, as soon as you get close to kickoff, they boost it. Like, it's already good, and they boost it even higher. Why do they do that? I can't tell you. It's, that, that is a complete unknown. It's already amazing in terms of the EV and in terms of the, the limits that they'll take. And this is why things like this need to be focused on, because, you know, the EV is amazing in the sky bet enhancements, but you can't get any money on it, you know? By the time they're on the exchanges, the EV, you can get lots of money on it, but the EV isn't so good. So it's that rare combination of big stakes and big EV, and that's what this is. So we got the money on, we got the bet on, we got the EV, all we needed was the goals. So of course, Saturday afternoon in the Premiership, Bournemouth nil, Southampton nil, Newcastle nil, Brighton one, let's not talk about that. West Ham nil, Spurs one. I mean, thanks very much, guys. So of course, every game is, and it's also like by half time it was over. It was like 30 minutes in, every game's nil-nil. So it wasn't even close. As I played my golf shield recently, I've been playing the shield against the same three boys for years. Um, and there's, so there's four of us, there's only three of us in the shield because I'm not that good at golf. But this year, this year I had a putt, albeit like an eight-foot putt to win it and get my name on the shield. And it was one of those, as soon as I hit it, there wasn't any point in looking at it. It just wasn't close. There was like, there was no drama. It was just such an anticlimax disappointment. And that's exactly the same as Saturday afternoon. So that brings us to Tuesday evening. Um, same thing. Over 30 goals. Um, six to one. Even went to 13 to two. Just before the off. No one knows why. And again, the disappointment on Tuesday. Ajax won, Benfica nil, Man United nil, Juventus won. There was like it was half an hour before the first goal. We were betting on over thirty goals, and there were only twenty one. So that one wasn't even close either. So it's like just whatever. Wednesday was always about all about Bruges. By the way, did you see this? This is why this new scrape on the site. We'll come back to this more, but it's um it's pretty much live. So it's monitoring steams a lot better than I ever could. And what happened? Bruges just steamed in against Monaco. Smart Money just started smashing it in. If you looked at the scraper on the site 10 minutes, 15 minutes before kickoff, and Bruges was an early kickoff on Wednesday. So it was like the 5.55 games. You had to be looking at it like 5.40 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon where a lot of people are commuting or traveling or whatever. But there was so much green. There was so much green EV on the tracker because and everything was had Bruges in it. Which again is what we want to see. I want to see value that doesn't come in. It's better than no value that does come in. And it didn't come in because Bruges drew 1-1 with Monaco. But that took us to Thursday night. Oh, as QPR surge forward. Give the ball to Hemed. Oh, he's at the post. He's hit the post. That could have been fun. That could have been, everything would have changed. Back on the winning train. Um, that took us to Thursday night. This is so we got the Europa. There's so many games the Europa League at this point in the season. I love it. I absolutely love it. Although if two up doesn't, if all two ups lose with all these games to do, you can take an absolute hammering on qualifying losses and two up. There was over 39 goals boosted to 5-1 to one at William Hill. We were like 4.8, 4.9 um, fair market price. And again, insanely, it was like, it went up to 
Uh, sorry, 6.5. Just before the off. Why did William Hill boost these things? No one knows. And we wanted 39 goals. Now, this looked a little bit better because we had... Well, we had 19 goals by half time. So we're halfway there. We're like 0.5 off halfway there. But you always have... Statistically, there are more goals in the second half of games than there are in the first half of games. So I, I'm happy to be 19 out of 39 by half time. And... Arsenal Sporting Lisbon was a big disappointment because there was expected to be goals in that. I was in the over 3.5 on that game. And it was only 1-0, well back. And Aubameyang was decent DDHH, so of course he didn't get it. Not this time, Aubameyang. But the, the only 1-0 there stang. And the other thing that stang is that there was a number of bundles, like I think three bundles and value mugs were reliant on Rangers beating Spartak Moscow. Um, Spartak Moscow, not a great team i mean rangers aren't a great team let's not pretend that but sparta moscow are really not a great team not they're not the sparta moscow of old and so that was one of the last games to finish and we were on 39 goals exactly and we were on over 39 at william hill no 39 doesn't uh, count why william hill say it has to be over 39 why don't they say over 39.5 why do they th why does the point five system exists in sports betting it's to get rid of any ambiguity but still William Hill stick with us ambiguous over 39 but we needed one more goal and if Rangers happen to get that goal then all the bundles come in all the mugs come in the over 39 comes in it's literally Christmas early Hemed Hemed is he offside And that wasn't Hemet. I got the wrong man. Damn it. Shit October continues. Uh, yeah. Not much on the NFL. Um, didn't see... I need to add... I need to re-record how we're doing on all the middles just because I have um, slightly lost track, although it's exciting to see that lots of people getting involved. We've got a middle calculator up as well. Duncan's put some work into working out what the EV... Um, the EV calculator would look like. So that's up and running now. And as always with these things, because we don't have an automated scraper, um, it works best with like crowdsourcing the eyes, if you know what I mean. The Rams, uh, my only hope for the 14 and nil, have now gone 7 and nil. I think it's the seventh game of the season. 39-10 against the San Francisco 49ers are now... 4.1 on the exchange to win the Super Bowl. My two pre-seasons were the Broncos, who have drifted out to... Given that I can't see them, that can't be good, can it? Where are they? Oh, yeah, 160 to back, 1,000. I mean, they're not going to win. So the Broncos aren't going to win. Kansas Chiefs were my other one, and they're into 7.4... I got them at 40 preseason. So Kansas City Chiefs. I might put some money on the Rams and just leave it as the Rams and the Chiefs. And then, of course, the Patriots are going to win. Aren't they? We're not seeing as many opportunities to get on halftime draws and halftime full-time um, draw winner because there's just been more points this season. Um, they've changed the rules to... 
protect the quarterback and we're just seeing more points and we're seeing more points. We need low-scoring games for this advantage to work and we're not seeing it. We are seeing this is going to be the third successive London NFL weekend. Eagles and Jaguars are going to be here um, this weekend. NFL executive Mark Waller commented that the league has now reached the stage where a London team is getting close. I mean, it's been no surprise that that's what they've been working for since about 2008. It's a long project, but he said... um, we feel the fan demand is here. We feel the stadium infrastructure and optionality is here. We feel the government support is here. We feel the logistics and training side of it are here. We feel very good. Like I've always said, the one we can never test for is how does it work week in and week out. Um, so there's probably four years left um, on the time scale that they were giving themselves for a relocation or an expansion team just moving sticks and coming over from America. It was a Tottenham stadium that the NFL have had um, invested in, but that's not ready. So they've been using Wembley for these three straight weekends. And next year in 2019, there'll be the difference that the London games will be announced at the same time as the rest of the schedule, not ahead of time, as they have been doing, which is just another step to normalise the games and prepare for the possibility uh, that a team will be playing some or all of its home schedule here. It'd be really weird if like, the team only plays half of their home schedule here, but then flying back and forth into America every single week isn't ideal in terms of the conditioning of these players as well. I think the oh, another idea I saw mooted is that the London team would play like four home games in a row in London and then um, four away games in the US or even four home games in London and four home games in the USA so they didn't have to continually fly backwards and forwards. But it'll be interesting to see how that works and definitely exciting in terms of, in terms of everything, in terms of... Um, NFL support here in terms of advantage playing, gambling and value and um, just excitement if you're an NFL fan like what I am. Um, Not so much a basketball fan, but I am right behind the Warriors this season. So as a reminder of the two bets that I have, I have to bring up my um, notes just to remind exactly what they were. I had them to win over... I've written down over 13.5 games for a return of two grand, and that's not quite right. That'd be nice, because it would be nearly over, but it's not 13.5, it's 73.5. That means that they could only lose... um, eight. Well, there's 82 games a season, um, so they can only lose eight games over the season, so less than one game in ten. So we're six games in now, with the Warriors, um, and they've lost to the Nuggets, and they've lost to the Lakers. So they've lost two games out of six, and they can only lose eight games all season. So we just delete that line? Shall I just delete that line from my notes? Maybe. The one thing that we do have, I've got them to score 95 points or more all season, and they've gone 144, 123, 100, 123, 108, and 105. So as long as they stick over 100 for the entire season, I will be happy. But, but yeah, I'm not going to win the uh, the over 73.5. We can scratch that one. 
right now. Okay, guys, that's probably enough to take us to the break. You're listening to the Bashcast, and it's brought to you by Bookie Bashing. Welcome back to the Bashcast. It's Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature from the album 1993 from the year 1993. This ain't got shit to do with shampoo 
but watch your head and shoulder. Shakespeare would be proud of that, wouldn't he? Sorry, I don't do it justice. Middle class white English people should not attempt East Coast hip hop in the Bookie Bashing News. Plenty of site developments going on at Bookie Bashing HQ. So here's the main one. Coming to the end of beta phasing, this automated... Right, so here's my uh, schedule for the last three years. There's all the websites finding the value at the bookmakers. Put them on a table with a little API scraper that gets the the lay data out of Betfair. Publish the table on the site. Hooray, that's fantastic, except for the fact that it goes out of date very quickly. There are two problems. One, new bets come along. And I can't possibly sit in front of this thing at 24 hours a day, can I? So I can only put the new bets on when I'm sat in front of the computer. Um, and I have a life. And like 1st of January, I've got a hangover. And I don't want to do it. And But it was getting to the point where it was like seven days a week. And so I couldn't, that, that, that was a difficulty with it. And then secondly, the lay prices steam, which is part of the point of finding value. And yet I'm, I, it wasn't live and also the backs get cut which is the most frustrating thing when you can just continually see bets and then they're cut and then whatever so um user elmos bets or i think from now on i think we're going to know him as basha lee um has created an automated scraping model that is user customizable by that, I mean you can add boosts, you can edit boosts, you can delete boosts. I don't think you can delete other people's boosts, but you can certainly delete boosts from your own field of view. So you've got your own table, and let's say you get on a bet, you can click a button and it will disappear from the table because you're already on it. I'll put it in, like, store it under my boosts or something like that. Or you can delete it, which will delete it from your table. You can flag it as invalid because sometimes things go wrong. Data entry is not imperfect, is it? Um, you could go in and add your own and I'll tell you this select a tool where you can just so quickly go in and put tennis players and match odds on both teams to score and under 2.5 and first goal score it's really slick how it works it's really amazing how it just picks up teams so quickly but like we I'm not going to lie Duncan and I have been trying not just with my model for a couple of years but we've even outsourced this to clever people to come up with a way of improving our efficiency because when we're efficient when all of us are efficient it frees up our time to do other things and look at value. Um, it was really difficult to get this efficient. Well, Lee's achieved it. Basha Lee has achieved it. It's fantastic. And it's got a little timestamp there so that things automatically disappear when kickoff happens as well. So just now, um, there's a scraper that will visit the site itself, pick up the boosts, pick up the cuts. And that's your standard... Well, it is 8 at 8 Sport, Unibet, BetSafe, Grosner, B Win, Vernon's, BetStars, Mr. Green, Paddy, Betway, Come On, Betfred, and a host of others. So I'll just go there and visit them. And it'll be like, hello, is there any boosts here? Can I read any? And it can, and it put, populates them into the table. Then it occasionally gets a little bit confused because it's um, a bot, and it will find things such as... Um, Bet Victor, Huey Fury, Huey Fury to win by knockout, technical knockout or disqualification. 
and it knows that the back odds are eight. It doesn't quite know what the lay odds are because the market and the exchange is slightly differently worded for it. But what we can do there is we can click on that and we can edit it and we can actually assign the correct lay. And I'm going to do that now. So where is it? Huey, uh, scraper bots picked this up. So I'm going to edit and I'm just going to go to, this is how quick this is, right? Boxing, type in Fury and it comes up. It actually pre-populates Pullev versus Fury, uh, method of victory, knockout, technical knockout or DQ, which is why I didn't understand it because it spelt the word disqualification as Betfair and it's the letters DQ on the exchange. And it comes up and it's 10 to lay. So it's not value, but that could be a liquid. It's eight to back, 10 to lay. But now it's monitoring it and it's on the tracker. It's really cool. So this is a vast improvement. Now there are slight beta improvements that we're working on just now. Um, we're going to get... Um, Going to get it looking spick and span, sharp lines, sharp fonts, bigger fonts and things like that. But it's all a work and improvement. I mean, every time we improve something, that's just it improved and it will it'll never be reverted. And there are just minor issues about, you know, you shouldn't have to log on twice, but just now because, you know, don't want to get technical, we're pointing to another site and technically anyone could go to that other site. And some sneaky-weaky person did, by the way. They signed up to the site and then they got themselves on the tracker and then they cancelled the site subscription they obviously figured out that they could go and just see the tracker for free, which is a bit naughty because you know we're not we're not make, we're certainly not making any kind of livable wage out of this. Me and Duncan, we're doing this to share information with everybody, and this sort of idea of everyone chipping in together and helping is really really good because it just benefits all of us in the long run. You know, the kind of money that we are charging is paled into insignificance to the amount of money that we're making from these boosts anyway. So it was a little bit cheeky just for this person to come along and sign up and cancel. But that's why we've got this sort of little bit of a faff where you've got to sign into the site and then sign in again to this. But hopefully in the long run, it'll all be streamlined. And the app needs a little bit of work because we can't just repoint to another page and without getting it through Apple again. But all these things will be ironed out. And this thing by itself is so cool. It really is so cool. It's a game changer in terms of value. And the more value you can get on... Hopefully, the easier it is to deal with losing runs because instead of getting on, instead, you know, I'm genuinely thinking instead of my average of about three bets a day, I might be at four or five bets a day. Like the other day, Norwich minus two um, came into value at William Hill. I just probably I would never have seen that. It's not the kind of thing I would have checked a second time to see if the Asian handicap had come in um, in the Norwich game, but it did, and so I was able to get on it. And I just knew instantly I wouldn't be on this if it wasn't for this tool. So it's cool. It's really cool. Um, I hope um, go and check it out. And then in the pipeline, we have plans, or at least um, there will be plans for more tools. I don't want to be very specific on what they are, but trust me when I say this is just the start of what's capable, and there's going to be sort of a suite of tools. And every one of them, I mean, I'm aware of what's all in the market just now. This this scraping tool that we have is just head over feet better than anything else that's out there. And um, there's, there's the ability to roll out even more for loads of different advantage play techniques. So keep your eyes open. We're going to maintain our position as value, as the, as, as, um, the best tools. You're, Duncan and me and a few others who are sort of connected enough that... We're keeping abreast of all the latest edges that people are seeing. But on top of that, we are, we've got this home of like exclusive experienced advantage players as well 
who are sort of populating Telegram with really, really good chat. And it's just a very good place to be. And also, it's always a self-fulfilling thing because if it gets too big, you dilute the quality. I mean, the, the quality is always the best with the people who are brave enough to go and investigate these things at the start. And that's where we are just now. Then you get too big. And I think um, PAPMOM... MSE all suffered from getting too big and then you dilute it with people who are essentially just sheep and asking questions and not understanding things. And that's when you lose the value and all the experienced people sort of shift away elsewhere. And that's not, not what we want. I'm not saying it couldn't happen one day and it'll be sad if it ever did. But just now we're in a position where um, it's just high quality people, high quality chat and all of that. Um, I have instigated one rule and one rule only. My first rule for the Telegram chat thread. I mean, we've never really had any problems apart from the one guy who was a bit of a troublemaker and is no longer on there. We didn't even kick him off. He left by his own um, volition. He sort of, and you can see it happening, he sort of just drove a car into a cliff and then the car sat on fire and the cliff fell on top of his head and he had a tantrum and he disappeared and so be it. He's always welcome back if he can behave himself and not fall out with people. But the rule isn't even about that. You know, we're all adult enough to be friendly and ask questions and post things that are negative EV because, you know, these things that are negative EV may end up being positive EV once discussed by a few people. There's only one rule, though, and the rule is, boom, equals ban. Simple as that. You boom, you're out of here. There's not even going to be a warning. And parking attendant Jen has been um, introduced into the group to police this. I got rid of... Um, it wasn't a call. Don't think of it as a call. I had a look at the people that hadn't logged on to Telegram in like three months, and I got rid of those people. One of them was my sister-in-law, for which I apologize. <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't even recognize that I was kicking her off, and I did, and I'm sorry about that. And even the people that I've kicked off, I'm just keeping it, I'm just making sure that whoever's on the group is being active. That's all I'm doing. And if those people want to come back and be active, of course they can. You know what I mean? So just no boomers. That's all I'm asking. No boomers. It's just, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to my intelligence to have to see bet or somebody bet £10 on a horse at 6 to 4 and it comes in. Congratulations. And then there's a picture of someone throwing money into the air and a kabloom. Kaboom. What's happened here? You've made £15. I don't even think you've made £15 because I think you've backed at 6 to 4 and laid at 2.2. I think you've made less than a tenner. When I was a lad, you weren't allowed to boom <laughs> unless it was a five-figure payday. That Maybe that should be the rule. Maybe I'll change the rule. You can boom, but you better have made five figures. If you haven't made five figures, you can't boom. That's the new rule. Okay. What else do we have in the bookie bashing news? Five Dimes Tony has been found kidnapped and dead in Costa Rica. So Five Dimes Tony was rather infamous. If you ever thought that you had customer service um, problems, you almost certainly didn't come across him. Um, Five Dimes was a USA-facing Sportsbook it carries an A plus rating on SBR on the sportsbook rating site. Um, it was located in Costa Rica because 
it was really aimed at USA players. I mean, UK players are restricted from five dimes, as are French, Hungary, Portugal, Ukraine. Um, and, of course, America joins that esteemed list with North Korea, Sudan, um, Syria, places like that that ban online sports betting in, you know, 46 states at least um so if you lived in america and you wanted to get on you had to use offshore bookmakers who were essentially operating illegally but there's no jurisdictive pact between costa rica and america so they could they could get away with it if the business was located in costa rica five dollars is known for reduced juice fast payouts as long as you didn't get on the bad side of him there were so many reports of negative customer service, which which we'll come to in a bit. Well, there was one I was reading about recently, actually. There was somebody had requested a withdrawal in Bitcoin, and it never arrived. And so he said, well, where's my $5,000? And five times Tony turned around and went, you're trying to scam us. Don't scam us. You've, we've sent it to you. You're asking for it twice. Leave me alone. And he... And in a bitcoin transaction you can you can see if somebody's sent you or at least trying to send you money um, as soon as they start to instigate the process you can see that a request has been sent and so this player turned around and went no you haven't you haven't even started i've been waiting two weeks for this you're meant to be doing fast payouts where is it and at this point they just closed his account and said you're trying to scam us your, your account's now closed we're gonna have nothing to do with you and that's it and this player has no um, uh, ability to fight or argue this because they are based in America and Tony is based in Costa Rica. I've seen other reports. So this was Five Dimes versus Dan777, Dan Booton. So a player named Dan claims he opened an account with Five Dimes, made three deposits for $885, um, on October the 9th a few years ago, he staked 57 cents on a progressive pleaser that had an incorrect pay table. Winning five out of six paid 7,000 to one instead of 70 to one. So this is a, just your run-of-the-mill palp, okay? It's a factor of 100 off. So this is one of dozens of pleaser bets that he placed where option five out of six had an incorrect payout. It was the only one that won so he claimed he was new to online sports betting suspecting this pay table was likely an error he began reading forums about how sites handle bad lines how they handle palps feeling his bet would likely be void if it was a mistakes he called up five dimes to inquire about the pay table it's important to note that while the bet was this was whilst the bet was still pending and specifically stated he thought the pay table was wrong. He was told by a Five Dimes representative that the pay table was correct. Still skeptical, he asked to speak to a manager and a second person also claimed the pay table was correct. The bet won, and Dan was paid $3,990 in winnings instead of $39.90 that he should have been paid. So he continued to wager at Five Dimes, running well and cashing out $10,000, $10,840, while still holding on to the account balance. He claims all of his future wages were on legit lines. He received no other winnings from incorrect odds. 
He had an amazing run, winning over $25,000 legitimately during week 11 of the 2012 NFL season. This was several hundred legitimate bets and more than a month after he was overpriced on his winning pleaser bet. And at this point, his account balance was $32,563. The excitement of his biggest winning week was ended when he found his five dimes account locked right after this win. He then spoke to Five Dimes general manager Tony for the first time. The chat was not exactly friendly. So Dan said, um, I've won a lot of dollars this weekend. And Tony replied, didn't happen. As you, your term one is invalid. The term is stole. And now I'm taking it all back. Um... Dan said, why would that be? So Tony said, so this term one that you like to use, how exactly did you win the money? Uh, Dan said, I don't understand really how I did not win. Tony replies, your plays paid 70 to one, not 7,000 to one. So you owe me. Dan says, I played this bet a long time ago and I called you guys and reported that there seems to be a mistake. And they assured me that everything was okay and my account was fine. I said I, I wanted to have enough dollars in my account to cover any future bets. And I did this a month ago. Tony replies, well, you never spoke to me, so that doesn't solve your problem. Dan says, I don't understand. I won $3,900 on that bet. I called and spoke to Five Dimes representatives about it and they ensured me that everything was fine and then I bet a bunch of straight bets and parlays and now my accounts are over 32000 and it's my fault. I don't know what else I could have done. I didn't, I, I did not, I didn't know that I had to speak to you. Tony says, so how much did you collect that wasn't yours? Dan says, I suppose 3867 wasn't mine but the rest was... Mine. I mean, I would have put more dollars in my account to cover those bets if there was a problem in my account. Tony replies, total deposits since you started this? Dan says, about a thousand. Tony says, and payouts? Dan says, I'm not exactly sure. Tony says, how about $885 in deposits and $10,840 in payouts? So, I'm going to come looking for the funds you stole. Either pay up or sleep well, because you owe the difference. Dan says, but only $3,900 was on that bet. Tony says, doesn't matter now, does it? That's what you owe. Dan says, what do I have to do? Tony says, you only have one thing to do. Pay up. So in this log, you can see five times Tony takes the position that he is not only confiscating the $32,000, He's voiding all of Dan's action period and demands that Dan returns the difference of $885 in deposits and $10,000 in payouts. So, like, he wants all of the difference between what this guy has deposited and withdrawn throughout the life of his account returned. And he threatens that he's going to come visit him and that he should sleep well if he doesn't. So Tony later alludes there will be no arbitration offered and that rulings such as SPR do not matter to him. He continues to make threats. So Tony says, You owe 10K. That is a fact. I don't care if you believe it. The people coming to get it will believe it. So you sleep well, wherever that is. 
1137 West Walker Street, because we're done here. So he's just quoted the guy's address. Dan says, of all the facts I put out there, including call logs and SBR rules in your favour, I will pay you. Dan says, I don't care about rulings. Anyone else's rulings are immaterial to me. So again, you are done, and we are done. Dan says, why would you say that? Are you really a criminal like this and try to get people hurt instead of going about it the right way? Tony replies, you get the black book first. You won't be able to play anywhere. And then the real fun starts. So if you have the money that you stole from me, I'd suggest making a good choice. Dan replies, who's in charge of black booking people or do you have do you sit on a committee about that? If it's said that I stole it or I owe it, I will pay it back. But it needs to be done by an impartial party. I'm not picking a fight here. I truly feel I went through all the proper procedure before I was paid any money. You know, I called you and you know that's all that matters to me. You know what I said and so do I. The other 32.5k... I don't care about it. It's clearing my name and proving I did point this out to you. And the only dollar that was a mistake was the $3,990. Nothing else. So even after Five Dimes own rules were pointed out, Tony still made threats of collection, telling a player he should be packing his bags, which can easily be you know, interpreted as a threat of physical harm. So this is the last log between the two of them. Tony says, hello, how can I help you today? And Dan says, um, I wanted to clear my name a little with you and explain the situation. I know it won't change things, but I, I would feel better. To which Tony replies, there's only one thing that is going to clear you here, and that is the dollar. Otherwise, this goes to collections. And Dan says, do you speak on the phone? Tony says, nope. And Dan says, well, since you log and record your calls, could you listen to the call I had with your reps prior to winning the wager in question or withdrawing any dollar? Tony says, does it sound like I care right now? You deposited $885. You took out 10840 Either you send back what you stole or someone will come looking for it. It's that simple. Dan says, I just opened the account a week before I hit that bet and was depositing max deposits. This is a new account and barely had time to be funded. Tony says, did you read what I said? Dan replies, I then spoke to two reps. I asked to speak to a manager. They ensured me that they could handle us. Tony replies, you stick with your pathetic little story. You've got a problem coming and it's out of my hands now. Good luck. Dan replies, I have the ticket numbers and they said no mistakes were made and I did not need to fund my account. I would have had plenty of dollars in there if the bet had hit to cover any future wages. It's the truth. Just listen to the conversation. I don't care if you acknowledge there even was one. Just listen to it and you may be a little upset with your employees and not so much with me. I did not know you or who you were. That's why I didn't ask to speak to you. But seriously, the, the account was a week old and I was doing max credit card deposits and would have reloaded my account had the wager been graded differently. I mean, this was six or so weeks ago and the payout never changed. Who knows how long that's been going on like that? Tony replies, You should be packing up your shit. 1137 West Walker Street. You owe me 10k. So there you go. I mean, imagine Ladbrokes, customer service. If they 
price something up at 10 to 1 instead of 5 to 1, and then they later palp it, but you've withdrawn. Imagine they get in touch with you and tell you that uh, you better pack your bags and quoting your address to you because people are coming round. So that is customer service with five dimes Tony. Uh, so, but it's a big company. It's like he wasn't running it by himself. There's 300 employees there. Well, according to the Costa Rica news, the Costa Rica star from the Monday, the October the 22nd, so this story is rather fresh, William Sean Creighton, a 43-year-old American, known as one of the most important sportsbook operators in Costa Rica, disappeared on September the 24th at around 10pm as he was leaving work. His wife, Atika, I presume that means a Costa Rican, reported him missing the following day and the Costa Rican police began investigating the case as a possible kidnapping for ransom. The OIJ, whoever they are, reported that no one had received a request for payment of ransom and declined further comment. At the time of his disappearance, Creighton was driving a Porsche Cayenne Turbo and had no bodyguards accompanying him. He was apparently forced off the road, abducted at gunpoint, and his Porsche was found abandoned, crashed into the gate of a private property near Guapalese. Diario Extra reported that Creighton was abducted by four men, two on a motorcycle and two in a BMW, and taken via taxi to another location as a kidnapping. Creighton's wife allegedly received a ransom phone call on the night of the 24th asking for $750,000 to be paid in Bitcoin and sent to a Cuban bank. Diario Extra reported that Creighton's wife and family agreed to pay and transferred the money to Cuba on the night of September the 24th. Creighton's family had immediately hired two former FBI agents to help locate him and assist in his return to the family and to his business. Those FBI agents apparently were involved in a kerfuffle with the OIJ after purchasing firearms in Costa Rica without the OIJ's approval. Nonetheless, the former FBI agents were very instrumental in getting to the bottom of the abduction and ransom of William Sean Creighton. Today... Creighton's body was found, and as per our sources, the strong suspicion is that he was the victim of a kidnap-for-hire scheme hatched by someone very close to him. The cause of death is yet to be established. Creighton's wife allegedly had the ransom money wired to a family member of hers, reportedly the lesser $750,000. The OIJ will be investigating further and report that conclusions in the coming and will report their conclusions in the coming week fellow sportsbook operators owners in costa rica have expressed their sadness and regret at creighton's death and another report here one of the darkest gambling related stories in recent memory has reached its saddest point with the body of william sean creighton known as five dimes uh, tony being found he was abducted on 24th of september after being the head of Five Dimes for roughly 18 years. That's a long time, considering he's only 43. He's just marginally older than me. And he's dead. That's the largest part of the company's own history, which dates back to 1996. Creighton was last seen on the night of the 24th after dropping an employee off home at 10pm, and at some point his Porsche Cayenne was forced off the road. 
Creighton was not accompanied by a bodyguard. Imagine having to live when you have to when bodyguards have to walk around with you all the time as you get into your Porsche Cayenne. On October the 17th, shortly after the news of Five Dimes Tony's kidnapping went public, Five Dimes tweeted, Despite recent news, Five Dimes Group Board of Directors and its over 300 employees would like to reassure its clientele that the fundamentals of Five Dimes Group operating model remains unchanged. We continue striving to deliver the best gambling experience to our customers, always aiming to innovate in the industry with more and better betting options to choose from. Our thoughts and prayers join the rest of the online gambling industry for Tony's safe return to his family. Sadly, it was only a couple of days after posting that message that Tony's body was reported found in the local news outlets. It is amongst this case's many curiosities that Creighton's body appears to have been located so soon after the kidnapping went public, despite the investigation having been ongoing for nearly a month. It's so weird, like, the world of American sports betting, because, of course, why was he there in the first place? This is a a bookmaker listed as A-plus with 300 employees on the SBR, and yet... They have to operate illegally from Costa Rica to take bets from people, although that's now going to change. You wonder, you know, they've got to be wondering if they're positioned firmly for the changes in regulations in America. It seems to me that the UK operators, uh, Ladbrokes, William Hill, just the high street brands seem to be better positioned than um, um, an A-plus rated company that was illegally operating out of Costa Rica. And, of course, he's there, meaning when something goes wrong, the the United States aren't exactly going to jump to his assistance and go and send a lot of resources to go and find those behind this crime. And, um, I, again, that seems to have meant that this story has a negative outcome. So, listen, if you have a spare hour on a Sunday afternoon, uh, it's definitely worth having a Google of, um, you know, five dimes Tony customer service and things like that because some of the things he, he got away with and he said to people, you simply, um, if you think Jeff Banks is bad, go check out five dimes Tony. Right, they're on the edges anyway. There's been a lot recently about um, poachers turned gamekeepers. Um, You know, somehow romanticising the notion that if you are a turncoat, if you have history in the gambling industry, such as um, Nick Goff, the ex-head of football trading at Coral, but you now make a living out of being a punter. This is a free pass of sorts. This is somehow celebrated by the likes of... um, the CEO of Skybet, Richard Flint, and the CEO of Jeff Banks. Uh, what's his name? It can't quite come to my memory just now. They, they sort of um, exercise these kind of thoughts there. Um, if you have had some sort of history in the gambling industry, well, then it's okay that um, you are now um, the other side of the fence and that you're a punter, which to me seems a little bit odd. I've always been a punter. Does that make me any less worthy of doing this as a profession to um, those that used to work in the industry? In fact, as far as 
my experience has been those that work in or used to work in the industry are serial arbitrage players. I mean, they take arbitrage to a whole new level. I'm aware of um, a bookmaker that has a team of runners um, that you know used to have 20 runners, but wouldn't place a bet unless it could be arbed. You know, unless it was risk free, um, uh, then he wasn't taking it and i believe over the years these days um that, that team and the amount of money coming in through those avenues has somewhat dwindled but it's people like again richard flint and the ceo of jeff banks what's his name they have this podium where they can stand and they can sneer at punters at bookie bashers at um people who are placing smart bets and um, uh, winning over the long run. And it's as if the other side of the fence, um, both winning punters and punters in general, don't have that soapbox. They don't have the medium of TV interviews, of uh, racing post interviews or articles, of blogs on their websites or anything like that. And so, um, well, at least we do have this bashcast. And I'm going to use this opportunity actually to um, have a retort towards those that sneer and slightly snide and look down at successful punters. Well, I for one have had enough and it's time surely for a reasonable, serious, grown-up debate from our perspective. Ah. Ah. Now, who's hot, who's not? You tell me who bets, who trades on the exchange. You tell me who mugs, who snipes the price drop, whose golfers always finish on top. You wear corduroy trousers down to your tube socks. You're the same old pimp, Jeff Banksy. You know nothing's changed of your motor Andy. You say you lay big bets on TV, guaranteed to lay a million pounds, call it level up. We don't believe in your fake news, man up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Jeff, you didn't know me, 91, you don't know me now. I'm the young basher, a money trader, can't know too big. 80s bookie, hold me down, you can't school me at the game I know my duty, stay humble, stay low and blow like hoodie I'm smashing this, I'm the best at this Jeff, you scare small children and you smell a piss I'm a true basher, spend no dough on negative equity So yell messy when I get my DD Yep, yep, D to the D to the HHJ. You know you'd rather see me mug than see me lay. I snipe all the bots and I rip all the spots and I mug all the mugs and I smash all the drops. And I know you're thinking, when will all this passion stop? Bash is never home, gotta call me on the yacht. Ten years from now, we'll still be on top. Yo, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Now, what you gonna do with the EV that's hotter than yours and a team much stronger than yours? Restrict me, this is my day. I don't play. Messi got his hat trick, pay out and be on your way. Cause there ain't enough time here or enough TV here for you to shine here. Man's got coupons, managers treat me fair. I'm getting bets laid from Derby down to Times Square. B-A-S-H-E-R-T-O-M No info for the 
PA, senior traders, mad cousin flagrant, ice there, tap myself my phone in the basement, my team supreme stays clean, bet my clean, lyrical dream, I be that can't you see that all flash odds are bent, layers in idly, price drifts wildly, insiders I tell you, besides me it drifts too much, you lose too much, bail at a high price and boo too much, I guess you can trade it off but I don't touch, you think I lost much, never that, if I did ain't got no problem getting it back, where the ladies at? Wave your 365s in the sky, her accounts untouched, then Tom B. Floss and Jig on the cover of Race and Post. DD Double H, here's my number, don't leave a trace. I got backup plans just in case. Can you bet new market on the bad each way race? Yep. I'm again. I'm again. I'm again. I'm again. Yeah. 